Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for September 24, 2023 is entitled, The Servant's Disciples. It comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, and verses 30 through 32. The key verse, And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the village teaching. Mark chapter 6 and verse 6. The application, The student will commit himself to becoming a faithful disciple of Jesus by taking up his cross and following Jesus daily. Seeking the Context When we look at the list of men Jesus chose to be apostles, Mark chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, we might wonder if Jesus made a mistake. When we see how they acted and hear the questions they asked, we really might wonder. Of course, Jesus never makes mistakes, but why would he choose common fishermen and other no-names to be leaders in his work? Why would he choose Peter, who denied him three times, Thomas, who always doubted, and Judas, who betrayed him for thirty pieces of silver? Why would he choose men who forsook him in his darkest hour? The answer is that it was God's will. God had purpose for these men's lives. Jesus spent a whole night in prayer before he appointed his twelve apostles. Luke chapter 6 verses 12 through 16. It was an important choice and Jesus would not make it until he knew the Father's will. Jesus called all his disciples together and from them chose twelve to be his apostles. These men were not Jesus' only disciples but ones he especially chose to become leaders in his work. They were the first members of the Jerusalem church and would become the leaders of this church after Jesus' ascension. John MacArthur wrote a great book on the lives of these twelve apostles titled Twelve Ordinary Men. And this is exactly what they were. They were not known for their education, wealth, skill, or achievement but they were known for being Jesus' twelve apostles. In fact, the Jews looked at Peter and John as unlearned and ignorant men, Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. But they looked at Jesus in the same way, John chapter 7 and verse 15. Jesus did not choose the best of the world. Instead, he chose men willing to follow. These twelve had been following Jesus for several months before he appointed them apostles. Yet they made many mistakes, at times were faithless, and at times failed completely. But God chose them and saw their potential. And God took the gospel into all the world through the ministries of these men. But we also might ask why God chose us. We do not have to be extraordinary to be one of the Lord's disciples. 
We do not have to be perfect to be great, greatly used in his service. In fact, the Apostle Paul called us unwise and foolish, not mighty nor noble, and weak, base, and despised. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26-30. Why? So that God would be glorified. Although we are weak and unskilled, God can be glorified in our efforts to serve Him. It is not human skill, but humble submission that make us fit for the Lord's service. Why do you think God chose you to serve Him? Searching the text. Number one, sending out the twelve. Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals, and not put on two coats. Jesus' Galilean ministry was coming to a close, and he would soon depart for other places. He had visited many cities and villages, preached and taught a great number of people, and worked many miracles. But there were so many more people to reach. Matthew 9.36 tells us that at this time, Jesus looked on the multitude and was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Verses 37 and 38. In the next scene, Jesus sent the twelve, two by two, as laborers into the harvest. For approximately the first year and a half of his ministry, Jesus spent much of the time teaching and showing the twelve how to do the Lord's work. It was now time for them to live up to their calling as apostles. When Mark 6 and 7 says that Jesus began to send them forth, he used the Greek term from which apostles is derived. An apostle is someone sent forth with orders. Jesus was about to give them their first assignment and authority to complete it. Jesus had trained them. Now it was time for them to put their training into action. I find it helpful that Jesus sent them out two by two. Matthew and Luke list the apostles in pairs. Matthew chapter 10 verses 2 through 5, Luke chapter 6 verses 14 through 16. Of course, Jesus is always with us, but there is a great encouragement and strength when we have a partner in the work. Solomon wrote, two are better than one, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, and there are many advantages in working with a partner, safety, strength, accountability, and cooperation. The Apostle Paul also had partners in his work, Barnabas, Silas, and others. Having people work in pairs is good practice in our churches and for missionaries being sent out. Jesus' instruction to the apostles on how to conduct their journey might seem irresponsible. They were to make no preparations for the journey. They were to take nothing for the journey except a walking staff, no luggage, no extra food, no money, and no extra clothing. Why would Jesus 
send these men out seemingly so ill-prepared. For one, Jesus sent the twelve on a short-term mission of only a few days and not weeks or months. They were to go only to the Jews and not to the Gentiles and Samaritans, meaning they would not travel far, Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. They were also to travel light so that moving from city to city and reaching as many people as possible would be easier. As we shall see in the next section, they were to depend on the hospitality of the people in those cities as a way for God to test them. More on this shortly. And most of all, they were to depend upon the Lord to take care of them. We should not make direct applications of these instructions to traveling missionaries or pastors today. To pack a bag to travel to a revival meeting or pack up one's entire belongings to move to the mission field does not suggest a lack of faith. These instructions were limited to the twelve apostles. But to say that God's ministers and missionaries depend upon the support of God's people and churches is appropriate. To say these men must depend upon the Lord for their daily bread, as we all must do, is also the right way to apply these instructions today. What particular instruction that the Lord gave here stands out to you? Number two, ministry of the twelve. Mark chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. And he said unto them, In what place soever you enter into an house, there abide till you depart from that place. And whoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. As the apostles entered a city, they were first to look for a place to stay. They were to find someone willing to extend hospitality to them, which included both food and lodging. Matthew gives much more detail on this search. Matthew chapter 10, verses 10 through 15. The apostles were to accept the hospitality from a worthy person because the work they were doing was worthy of support. Once they found a hospitable person, they were to bless that house and stay there for the duration of their ministry in that city. When a household refused to extend hospitality, they were to shake the dust from their feet as a testimony against them and leave that city. Mark chapter 6 and 11. This conveyed that the apostles wanted nothing to do with the inhospitable because God's judgment was coming upon them. Hence Jesus said, It shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Verse 11. God tested the worthiness of these cities by how they treated the apostles. I wonder if God might do the same thing to churches today in how they treat their pastors and support missionaries. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The workman is worthy of his meat. When individuals and churches are unwilling to support God's ministers, then his judgment will follow. 
But when individuals and churches support these men as much as they possibly can, then God's blessings will come upon them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Comparing Mark 6.12 and Matthew 10.7, we see that the apostles' message was the same as John the Baptist and Jesus' message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2 and chapter 4 verse 17. They were to teach and preach what they had been taught. We can say the same for us. We are to teach and to preach what Jesus had taught us in the Bible. The apostles did not have the authority to change the message, and neither do we. Jesus also gave the apostles the ability to work miracles as a means of authenticating their message as coming from God. While the age of miracles has passed us, the authentication of any preacher is his consistency with the inspired word of God. We must test every preacher's message by the word of God. If he is not preaching what the Bible says, we must shake the dust off of our feet and find another preacher. How might you support your pastor or a missionary? Number three, return of the twelve. Mark chapter six, verses 30 through 32. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come you yourselves apart in a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. The apostles returned to Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. This shows that the apostles served under Jesus' authority and were to minister in obedience to his commands. So too, we all serve under the authority of Jesus Christ, and will one day give an account of our service to him. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. Jesus will say, well done, if we are faithful over a few things he gives us to do. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Seemingly, Jesus was pleased with the work of the apostles, and led them to a desert place for a time of rest. They needed rest after their time of ministry. This reminds us that we also need to rest. For the eager, faithful servant of the Lord, this is not always easy to do because there is always more work to be done. If we continue to read in Mark 6, Jesus and the apostles were again bombarded by the crowd, verses 33 and 34. But we need to find the balance between laziness and overworking. Solomon captured this balance in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. The fool is one who folds his idle hands and does nothing. He will have to eat his own flesh because his laziness has led him to starvation. Yet the person who, with both hands full of travail and vexation of spirit, is one who is stressed out by overworking. The middle of this passage gives the balance. Better is a handful with quietness. This describes a contented worker 
one who puts in a good day's work and yet maintains a quiet and peaceful spirit because he is not overworked. This is a personal struggle for me. I tend to overwork, and this is nothing to brag about. It is not that the Lord requires it of me, but in my pride I often think that if it is going to get done, I must do it myself. The stress of overwork has caused me both physical and mental health problems, and God is not pleased with my overworking. I am striving to find a better balance for myself in being faithful to the Lord's call in my life and yet not overworking myself to misery. Jesus commanded his apostles to come apart and rest. And as Vance Habner put it, if you don't come apart and rest, you will come apart. Do you struggle with the balance between laziness and overworking? Setting the application. As the 12 apostles, we too are sent on mission for the Lord. We are all evangelists taking the gospel into all the world. It might be our neighbor, co-worker, family member, or occasional acquaintance who needs our witness. We know who they are, but the question is, will we be faithful to the Lord by fulfilling his mission in our lives? Remember, we will all give an account. We also have work to do in the church of our membership. We might need to teach, play musical instruments, or sing. We might work as a greeter or usher. We might work in maintaining the church property. It might be that you are the right person to drive the church bus. We do not have to be super talented or extraordinary to serve the Lord. Sometimes doing the simple things make the biggest difference in the work of the Lord. We all have something to do for the Lord to bring Him glory. Will we do it? What is the work God wants you to do for His glory? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.